Hey everybody, welcome to episode 20 of the Flix Watcher podcast. On this episode of the Flix Watcher podcast, we're going to be talking about Ex Machina, which is Alex Garland's directorial debut. And in the in the hot seats today, we have Dave from Cinema and Scheitgeist. I should say, sorry, the award-winning the Cinema podcast. Congratulations, guys. And second podcast, the Scheitgeist, alongside Joe, also from the Scheitgeist podcast. And uh, we hope you enjoy the chat and we'll see you guys on the other side. Like what you hear? Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings about this particular show. Warning, there will be spoilers, there will be bad language. As always, the films that we're reviewing were available to stream at the time of recording. This episode of FlixWatcherPod is brought to you by GL Productions. GL Production provide hassle-free, professional quality podcast production at an affordable price. So if you're looking to get into podcasting but fancy a little bit of professionalism to help you out, then uh, we highly recommend GL Productions. If you fancy 10% off your bespoke podcast production package, tell them Kobe and Helen sent you for your first order. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Flix Watcher podcast. We've got a very special guest here today who's come all the way here to record, Joe. And uh, we're also joined by Dave from the award-winning podcast, The Cinema. Would you like to say hello, introduce yourselves and tell us about your podcasts? Hello. Hello. I'll go first, if, if you don't mind. My, 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 my name is <laughs> you Joe. You go, Joe. Uh, my name is Joe and I'm a co-host with Dave of Scheitgeist, which is a pop culture podcast. And uh, we like to talk about trends and tropes and themes in pop culture. And usually that means we wind up talking about movies and film and going off on tangents uh, for way longer than is necessary. So many tangents. Yeah. yeah. I call them segues. You do. They're not that. They're not <laughs> <laughs> that implies we're going somewhere and these are just tangents. And there's a lot of puns. Joe is the undisputed king of the pun. You can't set me up like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can only fail now. I'm excited for what's going to come to today. You're setting pun realistic expectations. Oh, oh yeah. No. It started. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dave. This is my I'm a returning guest. Yes. Thanks for having me back. So last time I was on with my wife, Kathy, who uh, is my co-host of the cinema. She couldn't be here today. The award-winning cinema, we should say. Yes, we're, we were uh, honoured to to have won uh, Best New Podcast at, at the British Podcast Awards. So thanks again to the judges. Um, we, we still can't quite believe it, but yeah. We can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> thanks, guys. And it was, I think it's fair to say you're up against people who, uh, like Edith Bowman, for example. Yeah. Screw, screw his pips has a podcast in that same category and you guys just like pros yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you need to describe yourselves differently still... we are not pros <laughs> <laughs> we literally we're just walking down the street from the cinema with right. a recorder that's all it is but podcasting doesn't need to be so so complicated and i think that's what it shows i guess not yeah <laughs> certainly not complicated <laughs> <laughs> so we're here talking about some people said ex machina. I say ex machina. What? What? How do you say it, Joe? It's I, your I, choice. I, yeah, it was my choice. I vote ex machina. Yeah, you know, me from, too. From Deus ex machina, but yeah, I guess we'll get into it later in, in, in detail. <laughs> but it's clear that God is missing from the title, so that, hence there's no Deus. Yeah. In, in, oh, oh I never thought of that. We're actually. getting deep already. Cheeky. There you go. Well, it's it's a deep film. So can you tell us a why you chose it and b a bit of synopsis before we go into the sure discussion? yeah. Um, 
well, it was a bit of a, a rush choice. Uh, I had to look through Netflix and uh, and pick something that would would satisfy all the requirements. I wanted something that was a bit meaty, and I'm a fan of sci-fi. And this, for me, is what sci-fi should be. Right. It's one of the best sci-fi films of the last. Sorry, I, I know this is sort of tipping my hand to, to to begin with, but I think this is one of the best sci-fi films of the last couple of years. And I hope you know we get some agreement, we get some debate. But no, I disagree. Oh, <laughs> straight out of the bat. <laughs> Yeah, so to synopsize, it's it's about a computer programmer who wins a prize to go to visit this billionaire tech genius mm. who has um, a secret project going on in his isolated mansion, and that secret project is uh, is an AI. And I suppose, ostensibly, the the premise is that this guy is brought there to test the AI and see is it is it true intelligence, and um, I, I guess nothing as well it seems, and like. Like most sci-fi films, it's all about hubris. So that's that's the the best thing about sci-fi, and this this film has it in spades. Sure, I mean a lot of people. We had the guys from Simon Watts Level Up Human, yeah, from Level Up Level Up Human podcast, and he was saying that a lot of films that are labeled as sci-fi aren't actually sci-fi. I'm sure he would have loved this film actually, but a lot of the Marvel films are called sci-fi films when they're not really. Like Star Wars is not sure it's really sci-fi. It's a fantasy set in space, isn't it? There's very little science. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> a, there's plenty of science in this movie. Yeah. You, you could maybe make an argument for something like Star Trek The Next Generation being sci-fi, but Star Wars is more like a fantasy that happens to be in a space locale. Yeah. Whereas this, this is, this is about where humanity has come from, where humanity is going, and, and our relationship with technology. And you don't get more sci-fi than that. Yeah, there are a lot of moments in this in this movie that cut a little close to the bone. I think particularly, are we okay to spoil? Absolutely, spoil it. So the Nathan, played by Oscar Isaac, is essentially he's Mark Zuckerberg mixed with Richard Hammond, and not Richard Hammond, John Richard. Hammond, <laughs> <laughs> Richard Hammond from Top Gear, the eccentric, eccentric billionaire Richard Hammond. No, John Hammond from uh, Jurassic Park, and. Probably, probably a bit of the guy who runs Hooli in Silicon Valley on HBO. Have you seen, have you oh, seen yeah. that? Gavin Belson. Gavin, yeah, Gavin Belson. Yeah. yeah, there's a bit of him in there. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's he's this eccentric Silicon Valley billionaire who is the owner and creator of a thing called Blue Book, which is you can't you don't have to stretch too far to figure out what what's that what that's being influenced by Google but, and Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a moment where he explains where. Ava's brain has come from and it's and and how she's learned to mimic human behavior or to to form her own personality and it's basically he hacked into the search engines and it's it's the patterns of human behavior and it's the it's the randomness of it and there's a great line in it it's not he said it's not what we're searching it's how we're searching yeah. i think it was something like that and it's it the randomness searching? of it all i think it's how or is it yeah. why yeah yeah it could be why what's interesting you said you said hacked into all the uh the devices that's not really true he owns all of them and it's in your terms and conditions so <laughs> this has is anyone a- ever actually read the eula and use a license agreement for anything that you've signed up to uh, too long to read yeah <laughs> uh, not since the 90s i'd say installing things on, uh, on windows 95 that's probably the last uh, user agreement that i read <laughs> You were like, hang on, yeah, got, got out the glasses. Yeah, I don't like this section <laughs> here. Mr. Gates, hi. <laughs> Can you make a small amendment, please? I don't like this. Hmm. Then, I'll, then I'll download it. <clears throat> yes, I like what you've done here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure about... Oh, I see. Yeah. But so, yeah, you're talking about hacking into people's, into the cameras to um, mimic and understand people's, yeah, basically hacking into billions of people's cameras and distilling that down into an algorithm so that's, 
Ava could understand people's facial expressions, understand what people are talking about, understand what people want, why they want them, and to mimic human behavior. And you're saying, Joe, that early before we started, that's something that's happening nowadays. Well, yeah, it's, it's, that's the question. You're saying mimic human behavior. Yeah. And that's one read of it. The other read is, is this the next phase of life where it, it's not a mimic? It's not something pretending to be human. This is a highly advanced intelligence that can do more than is possible with a human. Like this is a human lie detector. Mm. So it, th this is, I don't know. I won't bore your readers with the, uh, the the tech behind it, but Ray Kurzweil has a, a book called the, the, Singular the Singularity is Near, and he describes these six epochs. And we're currently entering the fifth epoch where human intelligence and technology will begin to merge, and we'll start to see things coalescing and coming together. And, and there will be a point, the singularity, where yeah. things will expand at a rate that we cannot keep up with effectively, that it, we cannot imagine how fast things are going to move. And th that's what this film is talking about. Is anyone else picturing the end of Superman 3 right now? <laughs> What's the end of when, Superman 3? Do you remember when Robert, Robert Vaughn, oh. uh, his, his like, female companion like merges with the machine? That's the one set in Grand Canyon. Yeah. That, that gave me nightmares that, as a kid. <laughs> that's, that's such a horrific that's singularity scene. right there. Helen. I mean, the Terminator 2, really. That's how it's going to be. I was thinking it? Skynet yeah, when yeah. you were talking about that. Skynet's yeah. coming, guys. And so. The Matrix... Yeah. Using, using humans for it, batteries it can go one of two ways and, <laughs> and uh, th th that's the first way that's like the eradication of humanity and that's certainly a possibility but the, the other way it can go is, is i've read about it it's true it's yeah, gonna happen yeah the other the other way is that whatever comes in the next phase of of intelligence and they're, they're talking about 2040 as a kind of an, a mean predicted year for that so it'll be within our lifetime if we, if we live that long that that, <laughs> that that something will emerge and that it like we will transcend biology, we'll transcend Earth, and that we'll go and explore the cosmos as this new entity. Right. And that's what futurists, futurists predict. Because we could live forever, right? If we upload our consciousness. Once we make it to 2040. So just uh, don't oh, take any God. risks between now and then. <laughs> so like 23 years time. Is that math right? <laughs> <laughs> we were, this is why the computers will win. Yeah. Because <laughs> there were four of us here and we couldn't piece We that couldn't together. work out together. <laughs> when I was like ace, I could do mental arithmetic like that. But now... I can't. Now the iPhone's about. We I don't need to. We use technology too much. Yeah. It That's too the much. point. Like you have outsourced your memory <laughs> to to a search engine, and we all do it. Try try and live without your phone for forty eight hours. It's like someone's cut off an appendage. Well, it's, I mean, when I was a kid, before mobile phones came out, I knew the phone numbers for every single one of my friends. Yeah. Now the only phone number I know is my parents' home phone number. Yeah. And, and, and your own. One. I hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ones uh, that haven't changed. Yeah. The ones that haven't changed. Yeah. Well, a lot of my friends haven't changed, but just I don't need to know them to ring them. So it's kind of, it is freaky, isn't it? How also, who rings outsource? anyone these days? Yeah, just text them. Somebody, yeah, it's like, why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> so so let's, I mean, let's, we're kind of digressing away from the actual film and the content of the film and how it's oh, yeah. been made and the, stuff the, like that. This is, this is classic shite guys territory. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to, to, to veer away, of course. We've poisoned your podcast. <laughs> but so what do you guys, I mean, let's talk to Helen first. What, what are your thoughts on the film? I, I, love, a big smile I, and... I love this film. I think it's amazing. How did I, you watch it the first time? At the cinema, I saw it at the cinema. And yeah, just everything about it is fantastic. The performances are amazing. It looks amazing. It's so clever. It's just, it's one of those really perfect films, I think. And if you haven't seen it, then stop stop listening to this now. <laughs> you need to go and watch it. Because we're going to talk about more spoilers, it. I'm sure, during the course of this discussion. 
I mean, this was a really good year. For, I mean, we talk about the actors, people in there. Oscar Isaacs. Love, love him. Amazing. Alicia Vikander, awesome. And Don Gleeson. This is a big year for those three outside of this anyway, because Oscar Isaacs and Don Gleeson were going to be in the, in the first Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Mm. Was, was that a Danish girl out that year for Alicia Vikander? She won. She won. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Supporting, yes. And, and Oscar Isaacs had the HBO series, I, I Need a Hero. Show Me a Hero. Oh, right. I didn't know uh, that. Which, which is excellent. I would recommend uh, anyone checking that out. It's... It's a bit of a bummer, but if, if anyone likes David Simon from The Wire, Absolutely. you know, that's definitely worth oh, checking okay. out. And we also he had a film which was very much underseen and underrated was uh, A Most Violent Year. A Most Violent Year. I, I, I caught up on that recently. Yeah. It's quite good. I think I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And he's very good at it, yeah. most importantly. I, I haven't seen a bad thing with him in it. No. Drive. Yeah. The Coen Brothers Inside. Oh, Louis Inside Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yes. oh I love that soundtrack <laughs> yeah. so much. So it's well put together tight. Three hand, three and a half hander, really, isn't it? Four hander. Yeah. Written and directed by Alex Garland. Yeah. Which we, were, we were all discussing his previous work as well. Is pretty stellar, and his upcoming project, I said, a quick look, looks quite exciting as well. So, how, how many of his books have you read before going into? I read the, film the Beach side of and yeah. the Tesseract as well, so okay. I read them both. Has he got two books? Yeah, I think so. And I then think... he kind of started doing screenplays, and More I money. think that was that's it. Really, <laughs> he started working with Danny Boyle, and has just become. Like, I would watch anything that he has any involvement in. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, well clearly, like, the guy's speaking at the top of his intelligence, and he, he doesn't dumb it down for the audience, but he brings people along as well. Like, there are some really lofty concepts in this, and it's it's a case of, okay, you either have to pause it and do the research and come back to it, or just, just keep up mm-hmm. and, and maybe look into it afterwards, because he, he knows an awful lot about an awful lot of things, and he, he knows storytelling. And, and he can get the interplay between the characters right and make you engaged from the start. Again, I'm tipping my hand in terms of my <laughs> my, my rating. What uh, did you think of the movie, Joe? Uh, <laughs> uh, so-so. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really well paced as well. Yes. I mean, it's, it's never boring and it's so tense in times as well. Yeah. But it's also really funny in places. Yeah. And there's just so many moments that are just so smart. And it is just incredibly intelligent. And, you know, for a director or a debut as well, yeah. it's it's really astonishing what... What is achieved what it? Actually, yeah. Right. When, I, when I first heard his, his first... Going into cinema, I was kind of on ten talks. It's like, he, he can write well, but can he direct? You can actually direct. Yeah. And I think one thing you both said, you talk about the interplay between particularly Don Gleeson and Caleb and Nathan was so, so tight. And there's ways where Caleb's going in there and he's trying to play the programmer game and trying to work that, that kind of angle and Nathan kind of completely undermines him and says yeah but what do you think I just want to know what you feel and that kind of pulls a rug from underneath Caleb's Caleb's kind of mindset of how he's going to approach this Turing task task that he sets and that that sets the dynamic going and they're never on the same they're never on this they're never going to be on, on level footing mm. but that kind of dynamic was always there and present in some kind of undertow pulling pulling the story along and there there are some very clever devices he, yeah. he put in here i think the the power cuts yeah. is very clever because that's what keeps ramping up the tension when you get that first power cut between caleb and ava and mm. she says he's not your friend don't trust him and oh, that yeah. sets yeah. the tone for every other conversation that nathan and caleb have because you're like what is this <laughs> dynamic and he's so intimidating and threatening but also quite funny and bizarre and his his alcohol like the, the scene where he catches nathan catches caleb picking up the phone and he's just sort of 
sitting in the corner, drunk, staring at him. And he, and he <laughs> says, who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> and it's like, it's a, it's a terrifying and bizarre thing to say. But also, like, the, the one element of Ghostbusters that he highlights. is the oral sex. <laughs> no, yeah. he, says, he says, quote, a ghost gives Dan Aykroyd oral sex. And that's the how he describes the film. <laughs> I had no so idea funny. what was happening in, in that scene as a kid. When a kid yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that now it's a 12, it's a 12 rating because of that one scene. Is it? <laughs> well, and they're smoking in every scene. <laughs> Does that make it a 12 now if they're smoking in scene? I don't know. Well, you, do you, you see never it get... in kids' movies now? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough, I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boss Baby should be full of, uh, of cigarettes. <laughs> uh, one of the most... One of those scenes we talk about, that interplay between Nathan and Caleb, is that is, we've got it on the screen with the gifts, is that dance scene. Uh, oh, I, I wow. good. love it. It's so good. It is amazing. Can we talk for an hour about Get Down Saturday Night? I love that yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, it is so good. I I first kind of that first came to me in the the Vice City soundtrack. It was on oh, one, nice. of, uh, one of the radio stations. So good and just perfectly used. I mean, you could you could try and replace that song. Uh, with a few other maybe kind of latter day funk early disco um, soundtrack, like three cows, something like that. Yeah, something maybe yeah. some chic that yeah. would work, but I don't know. This is just absolutely perfect, and the, the choreography and the dancing is executed so brilliantly. Yeah, I mean Oscar Isaac is just effortless in it. Uh, <laughs> a fair play to him. But it's so me- it's mes- like I'm mesmerized. It is. We're just staring at a wall of gifts right now. It's mesmerizing, <laughs> and but it's also it's really sinister, threatening, as well. yes, threatening, yeah. yeah sinister because it it just shows how just how detached nathan has become from humanity really um like he's slipping yeah he has slipped slipped away from from people we've got to stop looking at this. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, can we talk about the one character we haven't actually spoken about and that's that's ava yeah and and that's the crux of the the whole movie so one thing that struck me i, I this it was my third watch this this time around so i was kind of looking out for the little details and um, the first interview or the first interaction with... Uh, session one. Session one with Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. If you notice the production design, the way that things are blocked and the way that, the way that it's laid out, they're quite distant from one another. There's, there's the glass in between, but it's, it's a wide, it's a long shot. And they're ob- obviously apprehensive and they're kind of cagey about one another. But then the, the next session, the camera no. pulls in closer mm-hmm. and they're closer to each other. And then soon after that, it starts to rotate so that they're equal position across from one another with there's just the glass almost invisible in between yeah and they get closer as it goes on and it's just those little details that you know what's the the film analysis term mise-en-scene mise en scene. if you can if you can manage to nail that like it, it tells the story without having to tell the story that's a really good point actually i hadn't really i hadn't really thought about that I, I, I kind of thought about how there were distance in terms of it was almost master and commander oh yeah at the start but then they were trying to come there's some kind of relationship and interplay coming and that that leads through, and you talk as you're talking through the different sessions to that point where she says, "Where would you want to go on a date?" And mm. uh, Caleb kind of almost ignores it, as if like <laughs> date. And but that's where there's a bit more of a click in the direction of the story, and a bit more of like a closeness, and a bit more of like, oh, "Okay, this is this is actually getting a bit serious now." And they do a lot. There's a lot of slow moments of just her getting dressed yes you know almost like she's putting on her skin she puts on in that scene she puts on the dress you know so you've got a surprise and she comes out with the hair and particularly in the one of the final scenes with her where she says wait here and then that he really slows that down he almost kind of sexualizes it in a sort of an undressing scene but it's it's the opposite it's very Mm. it's very interesting she's like picking her skin she's like finally becoming complete and then she just 
flat out shut the door in his face. Well, so she Terrifying. gives. She gives. Sorry, anyway, we're talking about spoilers here at the end. But she she gives Caleb the option. She asks, "Would you wait here?" And, oh. and he accepts because she has total control of him at that point. And so she like, okay, yes, she traps and dooms him, but he <laughs> falls for her, and so he has only himself to blame for that. Do you think he should have fallen for her? I'm, we'll come back to this discussion in a sec, but that, the way he fell for her is perhaps one of my kind of bugbears in this. I'm not, okay. I'm not kind of sure that that would happen. But having seen some like her as well, where he falls headlong, head, you know, hook, line, and sinker for Scarlett Hansen's just voice. And it, who wouldn't? Who well, wouldn't? Well, to be absolutely. Fair. Yeah. Hear your face with something that's living and, well, living, quote unquote, breathing, quote unquote, and responding to you, interested in you in, in, in a way that. Obviously, he's been handpicked, Caleb, to come and... He's very lonely. Yeah, he's a lonely he guy. He has very limited interaction. And to have this suddenly come on to him and have someone so interested in him, mm. there'd be no way that he wouldn't fall for that. But what's 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 interesting is it's it's not a sexual relationship. It's 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 almost he wants it's to quite chaste. Yeah, but it's it's a, a connection, and it would be. It'd be far too easy to delve into the fembot, sexbot kind of territory, and it doesn't. As you said, it's about dressing. It's about passing for human rather than any kind of overt sexuality. It's all kind of bubbling under the surface, really delicately handled. What do you think about Alicia Vikander's acting generally in this? Well, me, I, I thought it was sublime. I know she has a background in, in ballet. Okay. So that meant that, like, her movements th th could be exactly. Yeah. It's it's so controlled and. It's robotic while also being organic. Mm. And that's a very fine line to walk. You don't want to be like Ernie charging through as the Terminator. You know, that, <laughs> that's the other end of the, um, of the spectrum. It's elegant. Yeah, you know, he's the master of, uh, of elegance. <laughs> what there was this time, what I really noticed was the sound, the sound design, particularly yeah. on yeah. her. I hadn't really paid attention before to every time she moves there's this very audible sort of mechanical it's a, it's a whirring. Whirring, yeah. yeah which then i think gets less and less as you go on or, or at least you notice it less and less as she becomes well, more human that could be the damping natural damping of the fabrics and eventually <laughs> oh, yeah. she's soundproofing herself yeah and and the, and the skin going over that might might damp that as well but yeah the sound design is a huge part of this this movie it, it contributes to the claustrophobic atmosphere and it really pulls you in i would recommend okay Cinema is obviously the best way to see this, but if you can't, headphones would be the next best option. A decent set of headphones to make mm. sure that you're completely immersed. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, top marks all around. I cannot fault this film visually or, or from an audio standpoint at all. Well, I think it was really interesting because I think the budget's actually quite low on this. 16 million, yeah. Yeah, and I guess like 15.9 million went into Ava's, into, into, this, into the special effects of her skin and how she's made up. And I think it's absolutely flawless in how they put it together. Yeah, I mean, it's a few years old now, yeah. and it still looks like it just could have come out now. Mm. It's yeah. it's very timeless as well. And, and it could have been done 10 years ago, or it could have been done released now. It's just because there's nothing specific to the outside world. Yeah. It's like time doesn't really affect it. And there is a danger that she could have looked a bit kind of cheap and a little bit crappy but it just really really works and the fact that she's so unfinished as well it's yeah. kind of like you can see the workings and obviously when you see the different parts as well you can see how the designs evolved and everything uh, uh, the, it's really interesting the mechanical mesh the, the kind of the design of the hands that are completely see-through the arms it's fascinating that, that 
like obviously that makes a lot of sense it means it's lightweight it can can move it can flex but visually it, it really adds an awful lot because she's effectively transparent yeah and and that's part of the test for caleb as well you present this machine and then put them both to the test and see do they do they pass even when you know she's a machine is that an obstacle or is it not and clearly for caleb it isn't no he's he, he's hooked on. he's ready to go <laughs> yeah <there>. he is. <laughs> Can I can I bring up something I, I spotted this time around? Of course. When when Nathan is on un, unpacking in the bathroom, the shaving foam. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, knew, I knew you'd spot this, Joe. It's, well, Nathan uh, or Caleb? Sorry, Caleb. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Caleb Donald Gleason's character is unpacking. His shaving foam is the exact shaving foam that was used in Jurassic Park. Really? That they hid oh, a little. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Really? Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why? Newman. Uh, oh. Is is it a deliberate nod? Because I sort of tracked. I, I I started googling similarities between the two, and there does seem to be quite a few. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, so th they they both arrive in a helicopter to a mysterious location. Him and Grant are both experts in their field who've been brought in without knowing what they're about to see, and they're there to sort of test the validity of it. Again, you've got an eccentric billionaire, Richard Hammond. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, I did it deliberately that time. <laughs> I will always refer to him as Richard Hammond from now on. You, the, you get a sort of a walk through the park, you get the science, and then, then you're shown the security system. The security system starts going wrong. Sure does. Uh, which uh, falls, and, and then uh, raptors. <laughs> in this... The rapture scene in this was uh, <laughs> well, first time I saw it. It's quite, I, I know, quite I was, shocking. I was in raptures the whole time. <laughs> oh, there you do it. <laughs> it just... But so uh, sorry. The, the, the tagline, or at least the, the through line in um, in Jurassic Park is life, life finds, finds a way. way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just and... like to say at this point, my boyfriend hasn't seen Jurassic Park. Oh my uh, god! Ooh. I know this is You're still together, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For now, so... tender hooks. Can you tell him that he needs to watch it? Because he'll the listener. Can you say? Oh yeah, yeah. Before you do another thing, um, <laughs> your relationship depends on it. You need to watch Jurassic Park immediately. Yeah, just to clear the sequels. But yeah, the, the first one and and only one. And there's also I forgot the music when Caleb first arrives. That piano ah. that's playing in the right. hall. It's not quite the. It's not, obviously not John Williams's track, but it's it's reminiscent of it. There are a lot of notes in there. If you have another listen. I like this. How did you even notice? How did you even pick up on this? Just it's just such a can. distinctive can that Barbara. Bar makes me like yeah. them both even more now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, so it's it's a common brand. So it's it's feasible that it's just randomly in there, but it's a, it's a brand that is not available in the UK where this is filmed. So that suggests that it's a deliberate choice. I thought it's just yeah. filmed in Norway. So Pinewood Studios for the interiors oh, okay. and exteriors in but, Norway. Okay. Yeah. It's a lovely house, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I, I There's mean, a lot of real estate porn in it. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want a secret dungeon? Uh, like their house? A secret dungeon, B next to a glacier. C <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got, got a, everything. It's got it all. It's got it all. <laughs> Accessible only by helicopter. Can we talk about some of the, the more salacious aspects of, of this film? Absolutely. The idea of, of having any person, but specifically a woman, trapped in your basement n with no hope of escape. Well, he's kind of got two, hasn't he? He's got at least two that we know of. Okay. And there's, there's a few hanging in... Well, okay, yeah. No, spoilers. <laughs> Skeletons in the, in the closet. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, like, when you look at the film through that lens, it becomes a survivor story from Ava's perspective. Like, mm -hmm. she is being held against her will and the previous iterations. It's almost like similar. Room, in a way. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Saucy. It, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said saucy. Don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Nobody has ever described but... Room as saucy. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, so, so, so survival it, hostage kind of there's, story. There's that, there's that vibe there, and and like you know from Nathan's relationships with the other robots, there is certainly potential, not the certainty, but there is potential for some inappropriate acts, given that he is her surrogate father as well. That's the that's the creepier aspect of the the whole thing. It's it's like a Fritzl situation. It's it's deeply unsettling on that level. Well, it's that tense conversation as to why Caleb asking Nathan, why did you give her sexuality? And Nathan pretty much saying, you know, what's your real question here, mate? Can you basically, can you, can I fuck her is what he was kind of trying (laughs) to allude to. Yeah. And that never kind of played out, but obviously Nathan is there making these robots and yeah, he's going to have, he's having sex with them, isn't he? But so, so the the gender side of it, okay. Could you imagine this film with the gender roles reversed with a guy down in the basement and, and, women running the show or could you imagine a, a single sex environment where the the captive and the tester are in a relationship or, or a budding relationship mm. but i what i think is deliberate here is that the female has powers that disarm the male that the caleb is not equipped to to deal with her mentally or no. or, or even emotionally or, or anything, he is just well he's, out he's, of his depth. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. For, uh, every stage in the film, he is just so far out of control. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the, he's the fly, and, and she's the spider. And, uh, there, there is no escape. He's a real sap of a character, really, isn't he? Deliberately so. He's a bit hapless. Yeah, ha- hapless. Yeah. Yeah. He's not even that good at coding. It turns out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I chose the best code in my company. Yeah. <laughs> you're not even that good. Well, you're okay, but. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't trust anything Nathan says. He could be no. like the absolute best, but he'd lie to him anyway. I'm, I'm holding out hope for that. I'm a foxy Irishman. I have to associate. <laughs> with, with we, we should also Caleb. nod to the fact that Donald Gleeson played an AI in um, Black Mirror. Yes. And yeah. Black Mirror is certainly what this film is. It's Although it's, this is more obviously a sci-fi kind of maybe distant future or non-existent future, whereas Black Mirror is more... This near could present. Yeah, yeah, this could happen next year. But but everything that happens in this is happening semi believable. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to. There is no suspension of disbelief in this. It's just a question. It's not a question even of if. It's a question of when. Twenty well, twenty forty. Oh. The yeah. answer is <laughs> Mark my words. If this podcast still exists in twenty forty, <laughs> we can, yeah, we could re- re- recall it back then. The film that I kind of compare this to a little bit, and it's one we've had on before, is it's kind of a little bit like Under the Skin. Yes. I think in some way mm. the. Just there's obviously they're completely different films, but rewatching this and obviously having watched Under the Skin quite recently, they're kind of similar. Mm. And the two perform female performances in there are very similar as well. And they're both extremely interesting performances and just think really but it's kind of because they're completely different films, but they're very similar. Well, I think that they, they tackle a different topic, like under the skin and I, I know you, you've done a whole episode on this, but th- there's a there's a, a vegan vegetarian subtext to that film, the idea of, of harvesting humans for their for their meat. And apparently the book goes into way more detail on that. But th- this film is more about consciousness, what it means to be alive, and um, and and kind of how you fit into the world. And and at what point do humans have to hand over to the next phase? And when do we have a say, and when do we not? Under the skin doesn't spell out anything for you. Whereas, like, there's way more dialogue in this. Yeah. But you're you're right. It's female protagonist, very different from everyone else in the world. Creepy, creepy film. <laughs> Brilliant, but creepy. I don't think 
before we go on to the popcorn time, as everyone's looking forward to, I'm not sure we've fully answered your kind of question about the different genders at play because I don't think I don't think it would it would have worked as all male or all female or role reversal. But it'd be interesting to know if how far down the line Nathan was to would be to introduce a man a male AI into the mix. Yes. Then then it becomes a bit more like Westworld, I guess, which you guys have talked about, and that's kind of leading into that kind of interactions between the AIs and yeah. how they work together. And that's something that's not really kind of discussed in this film. Apart from this one scene, we say it's a three and a half hander because there's one other AI who doesn't say a word, but she's integral to, I guess, the running of the of the show. But sure. there's only that one kind of brief interaction when Ava escapes and they kind of look at each other and almost do like, there's like the thing with the, with the Velociraptors where they kind of look at each other and sniff each other and then walk away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the only interaction that they have together. Oh, or does she whisper to it something to it? Oh, she they does, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because she can't understand English, but the only person who can talk to her is Ava. Well, uh, okay, no, Nathan says it, so you can't take that for, for being true at all. But Nathan claims that she can't understand English. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... But it'd be interesting to see how those interactions, if he does, if it did go to the next level, what, where he would, where his mind would go if he wasn't stabbed at the end. And and so, so in watching this, I began thinking of it. There's another film on Netflix. It's actually a documentary. It's called My Sex Robot. Which plays it plays into this. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. So I, I I've read the synopsis. I haven't plucked up the courage to watch this. But it, it's the way it just stays in your history as well, isn't it? <laughs> what oh. recently? No, you, no we can't delete you, you that. Got, you got to sign up for the month's free trial uh. uh, and assume name for that. <laughs> so the idea is that there are these lonely fetishists in the, primarily in the U.S. who are developing these sex robots and they go into the they go into the idea that the very thing that you asked why a female yeah and i think what they landed on is that the heterosexual guy is much more comfortable assembling the female anatomy than the male anatomy right and, and would probably have spent much more time studying one than the other so i think maybe does that to some extent answer the question or well it's just it's just an open kind of thoughts as to what you guys thought about the other side yeah. is nobody <laughs> wants to make a robot dick that's what, <laughs> that's what we're saying here <laughs> so the other side is that um ava is um if you go to the etymology of the name it's the same root as eve mm. the first human or yeah. you know the, well, the, the second human technically but so it's, it's the idea that she's the first of her kind and kind of the she is both the temptation and the snake in in the biblical if you follow the biblical analogy and even to go to go back further like the the ancient greek prometheus myth like this is like a postmodern prometheus if yeah. if mary shelley's frankenstein is the modern prometheus this is the postmodern prometheus so that's even mentioned at, at one yeah, point by does, nathan he does it? talk about it yeah yeah he mentions that something's promethean yeah and, and yeah. The, the idea that uh, you you know you are a god effectively if you, if you can create artificial intelligence like this then yeah, I it, love that line where he keeps he keeps sort of paraphrasing <laughs> Caleb incorrectly. He said, "Yeah, you said I was a god yesterday. Remember?" <laughs> and, and he says, "No, I didn't say that." <laughs> yeah, and Nathan doesn't respond. And I, it was only on third watch that I figured out why. It's that Caleb was selected so that he could be disposed with. Mm -hmm. So Nathan can give his own version of events, and no one will contradict him. Yeah, which is dark. <laughs> really dark. Yep, the perfect patsy. And even the joke about when he when they built the house and he said that he had all the engineers killed or all the, the construction people killed. You're like, yeah, you, you probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Is it popcorn time? It's popcorn time now. Let's popcorn. <laughs>
Hello. Oh, hello. Uh, thank you to Popcorn Shed for providing us with this delicious popcorn. Yeah, dive in, guys. I'll be the judge of that. It's a secret <laughs> family recipe. Yeah, it's delicious, all right. <laughs> so, you win this round, Popcorn Shed. So this is a rich chocolate one. Uh, chocolate caramel popcorn with a Belgian milk chocolate center. Not center, but yeah. Oh, my God. Dive in. That is good. Do we just carry on talking, or do we go? We can just, you know, chop <laughs> away. Mm. <laughs> well, can we talk about the the security system that he decided to install? <laughs> that's all keycard based. <laughs> well, that was his. Uh, that was it. Uh, that was his uh, undoing at one point, wasn't it? Yeah. Why? Why make a security system that relies on you having a tiny plastic thing that you can easily lose, and you're by yourself? There's got to be something written into the script that makes the yeah the story go, isn't there? You need an escape. Yeah. Room. Also, hubris. <laughs> yeah. That's the answer to everything in, in sci-fi. Mm. Just have a few more bites of the popcorn and then we'll go into the scoring system, guys. Oh my god. This is so good. <laughs> you want to take some home with you? <laughs> Just please. Mm. Chocolate. I do love it every single... This is really... Yeah. One more big bite. Was anyone else... Thank you to Popcorn Shed. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Thank <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Was anyone else um, weirded out by the, the tiny little grey patch on the top of Oscar Isaac's head? He's balding, you know. Let him, you know, let him have that. I didn't notice that. No, it wasn't. No, it was like it was like a what, patch of his hair was grey. I don't know. Was it deliberately added in? I don't think this is a relevant detail. Really. <laughs> well, well, I just thought it was no, interesting. Hang, hang on. So either, yeah, no, I can see it in the in the photo. There is a there is a patch. So either it's natural and they left it in because they wanted with the character, or they added it in for the character. Because if it was natural and they didn't want it, they'd just die it out. Yeah, you think so? Mm. All right. So let's go to the patented FlexWatcher scoring system. <laughs> it's not patented yet. We might one day. Patent pending. Patent pending, exactly. The patent pending is pending. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, although it says recommadability. <laughs> That's some mad ability. Recommendability. <laughs> First up is the recommend ability. <laughs> One day, Helen. One day, Helen. I'll just um, chip off the tongue. Yeah. A scores are out of five if you're unsure. We'll start with you as soon as it's your choice. Well, unsurprisingly, I would recommend this to just about anyone. And that's without a guarantee that they'd like it. All right. So I would use this film as a filter to to, <laughs> to, to, to split people and go, right, well, here are the people who like X Machina, and I, I will talk to these people. And the people who don't, well, I can try and make them come around, but after a certain point, that's a lost cause. So you're just going to call them as friends. Well, I'm glad I like this movie. Or uh... <laughs> <laughs> this would have been really awkward. <laughs> so yeah, in terms of recommendability, it is so tight. It's it's like a play. Yeah, true. It's, I'm about that. it's got so much sci-fi premise and so much. It's it's really densely packed and perfectly produced. So yeah, recommendability five. Strong. I'm a, I'm a five as well. I I would I have recommended this to so many people and will continue to do so. And I think as we as we said, it is it's it's largely quite accessible. I think it's not. This isn't dense sci-fi. It's not like Primer, which me and Joe have <laughs> talked about quite a lot, which is just like really hard to tackle and would be off-putting. I feel like I could um I I could sit my dad down in front of this who hates sci-fi and at least he'd he'd understand what was going on. Well, the, the acid test is uh, my partner Ruth. Cannot stand sci-fi and love the sun. Okay. There you go. Helen. Five. 
Short and sweet. Straight okay, out the map. You know, if I could give it six, then I would. I, it's it's perfect. It's yeah. If you haven't seen it and you, you're still listening, <laughs> then, then you know how it ends. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's it's great. I think we've established that. I'm gonna go for a bit lower than you guys. I'm gonna go for four. I think because I think they talking about with your acid test with Ruth. I think there are people I know who would kind of go. Why am I watching this film, dude? Okay. Really. Yeah, definitely. Well, they'll, they'll also, never be friends with Joe. We no, exactly. So that much. I'll make sure not to introduce you. Guys. <laughs> I, I'm willing to be friends with them as long as they come around to Ex Machina. <laughs> so, the... but I, I think it's really accessible because even if you're not a fan of sci-fi, it's still interesting enough as kind of you know a potential future way of looking at it and not looking at it as a science fiction film. I know that, but it's still the fact that my my recommendability score goes from. One being Adam Sandler's Ridiculous Six okay. to five being Back to the Future. Yeah. And Back to the Future being the hardcore five. And I don't think this is anywhere near as recommendable as, as Back to the Future, where I could just say to literally everyone, scream it out in the middle of Trafalgar Square, watch Back to the Future right now. I, I would still be hesitant about, I'd think about it before recommending this to people. I think, so I think you're right. There are people that you could recommend it to. And based on the poster and the trailer, yeah. they could be expecting like, explosions and robots and, and murders and like it's pretty light on all those things in fact zero explosions some murders some murders <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, it's not it's not like robot no you know it's a very different film so yeah i think people could have a different expectation so yeah i'd love to see the bbfc rating that says that <laughs> uh, no explosions some murders <laughs> it's not high robot repeat viewing score we've all seen it multiple times haven't we yeah Joe. Yes, I watched it in the cinema. I've seen it on TV, and um, I most recently watched it on my phone because I know that you have a small screen score. So <laughs> I, I, I keep that for for later. But yeah, repeat viewing. If someone came to me tomorrow and said, "Joe, do you want to watch X Machina?" I'd be like, "Sure." Yeah. Yeah. This what? It's, how, it's short. It's one and a half, one hour forty minutes, something like that. Yeah, I think so. It's very tight. Thereabouts. Yeah. Keeps chugging along. There's no kind of lulls in the in the story, is there? Yeah. So what'd you say? Out of five? I'll give it a five. Five. I'm going to give it a five as well. This is only my second time watching it yesterday, and I definitely go for another hit. Joe, do you want to watch this tomorrow? Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I forgot to say, Kathy. Um, I went to see this with my wife, Kathy, and uh, we were living in Sydney at the time, and we were. Um, she she told me to tell this story because we were in a taxi back from the cinema, and uh, we were cine taxi. Cine taxi. Yeah, <laughs> there's an idea. And we were chatting away about the movie and we were getting really into it because there's so much to talk about. And the taxi driver hadn't said anything. But then he goes, guys, do you mind stopping? I really want to see that movie. <laughs> spoiling it for him. <laughs> we also forget the taxi driver's feelings, don't we, when we're talking away in the background. Yeah, yeah. They're people too. Yeah, they are. One day they'll be AIs, like Ava. <laughs> <sighs> Johnny Cash. Sadly Johnny true. Yeah. That, is, that is so true. <laughs> and repeat meaning score. Five. Yeah. I... I only managed to part watch it in time, rewatch it. So I'm going to watch the rest of it from the start when I get home. Oh, well. <laughs> Let's out, all do it. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for that shaving foam can. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to be like, going, oh. Yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to fast forward just that bit and check and then get up <laughs> a, a screen shot from Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's a tweet. It is the same. Newman. <laughs> Four and a half, I think, for me. Cool. Yeah. High score. Probably watch it at some point next year. This is, I think, this is probably the third time we've seen it. The first time was, was everyone's first time in the cinema? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that leads on to the small screen score then. 
Joe. Uh, yeah, as I said, the third watch was on the phone, mm-hmm. and I don't encourage anyone to watch anything like a- any kind of movie on a phone. I think it's 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 a real disservice to the director and all the people involved. That said, if you have no other way of watching it, mm-hmm. this film does hold up on a small screen. Okay, provided you have headphones, because that'll really help link you in. If you were going through a, a, a tiny phone speaker, you wouldn't get the full the full impact whatsoever. No. So on, on that basis, I'd, I'd give it a three and a half, I would say. Okay. And bear in mind, that's about as high as I can go for a small screen score. Dave. Cool. I, I, I didn't watch it on my phone. I watched it on, um, projector. on my TV. No, I didn't get that. It was daytime. <laughs> and uh, the projector just wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked. But I watched it on the TV, and uh, oh, yeah, it, it, it really holds up. I mean, yeah, preferably you do want the... I, th- I think a bigger screen is going to lend to that atmosphere. But actually, I think you make a very good point, Joe. I think the headphones are almost more important mm. than than the visuals. So yeah, I, I think a four. A four for me. Do you know, if, if you want to start watching your projector during the day, do you know what you need, Dave? What do I need, you Joe? You need a dungeon under your <laughs> 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 what can you keep in that dungeon? <laughs> I, I can give it a four. I mean, it's great in the cinema to, to have had that experience, but also rewatching it again because everything's set indoors pretty mm. much. Mm. It, it kind of feels like you're inside watching on the smaller screen and it almost feels like you're sort of watching it through like a surveillance thing, like you're watching... Like kind of spying in on it so i think it does work as a small screen as well but i definitely agree with the sound that you have to really give it your full attention and you know treat yourself to watching on the biggest screen you can get with some nice sound yeah i think i'm gonna side with joe in this one i yeah i saw it in a cinema and i think the special effects even though they're impressive they're not like flashbang wallop like marvel films where you think i need to see this in the big screen to get the most effect out of it they're not subtle but they don't need giant yeah. things coming out there's not 3d stuff happening and i think i've missed out perhaps not listening on headphones i've got a fairly decent setup connected to my my uh to my tv but then they weren't cranked up they weren't i wasn't really absorbed in the same way you guys are so i think if i watched it again i would be with my cans on and directly plugged into the tv so i think there's something to be said so it's not just small screen it's sound enhancements score i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be accounted for in this well one. i suppose the the small screen and the audio go hand in hand yeah so when you bring one down you inevitably sacrifice the other yeah so uh, i think this one's more about the sound than about the the, the screen the visuals sense. yeah but particularly because it is so static you know there, there's no running action scenes or, or explosions or, or no. anything like that it's 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 compact engagement score Joe. Unsurprisingly, I was plenty engaged. By this, by this <laughs> you were staring at your phone for that solid hour and a half. Yeah. So when I went to this in the cinema, I hadn't even seen the trailer. So I was, I knew it was Turing test related and I knew who was in it. That's about it. Mm. And I was, I was absolutely blown away and it, it kept me guessing throughout. Like there's a series of rug pulls through the, the movie and you're drip fed information and you're kind of wondering what's what exactly is going on so in terms of engagement i i would i would yeah i mean uh, it's got to be a five for me five five for me as well i i just was gripped even the second time i'm just like just glued to it i was actually when i threw it on yesterday i was um i had all these ambitions because i had a lot of work to do 
and I was gonna was like I'll just have it on in the background because I've seen it before and I was like I had the laptop open and then within like five minutes the laptop was like put away to the side <laughs> and I was just glued to it so yeah absolute five out of the park Helen? five Ooh. I mean the first time you see it you're so led yeah. and you're you're so engaged in the story and obviously the ending as well is like the impact but then when you watch it again even though you know how it's going to turn out it's still equally as enjoyable but on different levels and following our discussion now there's so many other things it's like kind of like an easter egg thing yeah like there's little things you can keep going back to watch and find out and there's so much depth to it that to only watch it once is probably a bit of a shame because it's got so much going on and it's still so engaging it's not like oh there's a bit where you can like switch off for a bit mm. or you're like well there's a boring bit coming up because it isn't like that you have to follow it and if you miss some of it then you'll be like oh wait what what happened like and if, you'll have to go back if, to if find you went out. to the, if you went to the bathroom and you missed the dance scene mm. like you would kick yourself <laughs> forever <laughs> you'd be like i don't remember any dancing in it <laughs> yeah so yeah five <laughs> stern look yeah five put it down <laughs> I'm going to go for four, I think, here, because I, I think you have to be 100% focused on it. Okay. And in the cinema, that's, that's super simple. But for some reason, when I watched it this time, I just wasn't as into it as um, as I had been, had been in the cinema and had been previously. So maybe it's the diminishing kind of, oh, I know it's going to happen next. This is the bit where they, where he, you know, Ava says, do you want to go on a date kind of thing? So I knew those things were coming. But what I really should have been doing is maybe looking at the, the in-between and the more nuanced parts. So... I think the engagement score should be five, but I wasn't that engaged this time round. So I'm going to give it a four. I should have given sense. you my work to do. I wouldn't be so <laughs> behind then. <laughs> so that gives us an overall score of 4.5, which is... Wow, that's high. Which is up there. It's good. It's are we, good. Where are we on the on the scale? Did we beat what we do in the shadows? What we do in the shadows is 4.7, I think. Oh, yeah. that is high. Yeah. That's a great movie as well. Yeah. I really loved your episode on that. Oh, thank you. So we asked, we reached out to Twitter to get some reviews before coming in here. And yeah, a fair few people came back with their, their scores. One, Kathy Cullen said, loved it, 4.5 stars. Does anyone know Kathy here? Kathy Cullen, <laughs> rings a bell. Yeah, maybe, okay. Yeah. Have you, how have you not seen? Gives Says, love it, love it, love Ex Machina, no score. <laughs> I've but specifically I think that, asked for rating. I, I uh, think that says it all, really. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it, one star. <laughs> um, they've got a great podcast, actually. Quick shout out to them. How have you not seen? Yeah. Okay. Have you Fantastic. listened to them? No, I haven't yet. So they, each of them review a film that, that they all should have seen before. Like recently they did Aliens and it was very good. One of them had never seen yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's That's a, a great premise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like the idea of that. Movies Now and Then says an amazing an, an amazing cautionary tale of a man's hubris. The H word you've put, <laughs> pulled out there a few times, Joe. And again, it's Frankenstein for the internet age. So the postmodern Frankenstein, Promethean kind of story. So generally really high ratings for this. And yeah, this no, is... no one's come on there and gone, ah, it's a bit crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing film really makes you question the ideas of AI and how much fear and manip manipulation can change someone. Five out of five, one of my favorites. That's from Quinn Jupiter. Thank you very much, guys, for giving us your ratings. I think it tallies exactly what, with what's yeah. been talked about in the pod booth here. I think I, w what this is telling me is that Anyone who has seen it has loved it. Yeah. So there's probably quite a lot of people who haven't seen it. Um, yeah. Like it, it doesn't seem to have, you know, pervaded the way like Marvel movies would have because it's a relatively small indie film, effectively. Well, it's one of those films. It's like what we do in the shadows. You like 
not enough people have seen it. Yes. And that's irritating. <laughs> and, and not enough people have seen Ex Machina and that's irritating. And you just kind of think, well, why are so many people going to see when Transformers comes out later this year, so many more people are going to see that and that's going to be utter tripe. Uh, mm. And you think, spend your time and your money and your effort on watching something that's, that's actually good. And that's what's always disappointing about these. You don't even like need that. money, guys. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah. That costs money too, though. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> but not so much. Yeah, yeah no. No, for the, for the price of uh, one ticket to Transformers, you could have a month's Netflix. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. So I think we should sign off there, guys. Uh, let us know who you are, where we can find you. Well, I'm I'm on two podcasts. I'm on the the Cinemile with my wife Kathy. That's at the Cinemile, and uh, I'm on Shitegeist with Joe. Yeah, so you can tweet at Shitegeist Pod with you know anything you you, you want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything at all. Anything I want to see all. what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do some retweeting so I can see what kind of people things, people tweet at you. Uh, yeah, we've been getting some unusual tweets lately, but we, we won't retweet them. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you very much, guys, for having us on. Thank yeah, thank you so much. Really, um, you've been quite the hosts, and uh, you've showed us a, a, a great a great space, a great time, and uh, a great film. So, yeah, well, you chose you the film. Yeah, you chose Well, film. I wasn't going to say well, Thank it, you for it. Great film. Joe's like, great choice. Great choice, Joe. <laughs> and uh, have a listen out to an upcoming Shikas pod, because we're going to have Kobe and Helen on to talk about the state of streaming services yeah. Exactly, yeah. in the world. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Catch you guys later. Bye. 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 Well, there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed the chat there with Joe and Dave, collectively from Shite Guys, but also from the Cinemile. Ex Machina is a hardcore film. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Please do look out for us all over the social media. Please do go find GL Productions and say thank you, thank you, thank you so much to all the guys from Mighty People for the tunes you can hear right now in the show link to us find us all in the show notes find us on the twitters find us everywhere on the internet just type in flix watcher f-l-i-x w-a-t-c-h-e-r and you'll be able to find us quite easily because there's not many people with that name around the place catch you later bye